Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It is June 25th of 2011. This is Tom Harris Live, and this is Tom Harris in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. After a couple weeks off, um, that was not of my planning, folks. <laughs> I was here last Saturday, as always, trying to get on, and I had to restart my computer. Now, that often happens before I start the program on Saturday morning. I start the restart the computer about a half an hour before the show. But the big problem with this is that I couldn't get the computer to restart. And it would get to a certain amount of startage, I guess you could say. And then things would freeze up. And it was just a, a horrible mess. And I've finally come to the conclusion that this 10-year-old computer that I'm using, I've been using since 2001, is finally starting to show its age a little bit. Now, I do have things working now, obviously, since I'm here. But uh, it took a lot of doing. It actually took, you know, we got most of the problems dealt with on the Sunday. But then on Monday, started having more problems with it. So I actually did a major house cleaning here on my computer clean a lot of stuff off we had a virus which caused some problems but you know we managed to get rid of that hopefully knock on wood hopefully we got rid of that and i took away a lot of programs now a couple of the programs were causing me issues and i think it's because my amount of ram is still you know it's only like two gigs so it's not a lot of ram and i also had a problem with the uh apple computer crap the, you know, the apple does these vampiric programs and they run in the background and they take up a lot of memory and it's the your your ipod updater it's your itunes all this stuff i have eliminated all apple products from my computer because they were just taking up all the space they were taking up all sorts of memory and things run a lot better without them i'll have to say so hopefully i won't have any need to get into itunes anytime soon i know that both of my shows this show but also, of course, the Radio Free Asgard show, which is over at RadioFreeAsgard.com, that those things are already set up on iTunes to update automatically, and hopefully I won't need to go in there at any point in the near future and update them. So it has been, uh, I have to tell you, it's been a hell of a week. It's, it's really been a very stressful, very strenuous week, and it has been very frustrating at times. But things do seem to be more on keel now, so... Hopefully, again, I, I hope to get this, this computer another year or two out of it. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but I actually did a lot of house cleaning, took a lot of stuff off. I took a lot of programs off. Any program that I hadn't used basically over the last year and a half to two years, I got rid of. There were some games. There were some th you know things that I hadn't played for a long time, uh, and I just got rid of them, just completely got rid of them. Now, Part of the problem, I think, is that I've got this 80-gig hard drive, but it's mostly full. There's a lot of stuff that that is actually on this hard drive that, you know, 
it's all necessary now, but you know, I have one game, World of Warcraft. It takes up almost half my hard drive, and that does kind of limit your space. So uh, what I've started doing is moving stuff off of the hard drive and onto a removable drive, which I have been using for backup purposes anyway. But now I actually am removing stuff that I know I have backup stuff, things like old podcasts. So uh, if anybody asks for an old podcast, well, you know, I can still provide that, but it'll just take a little bit more effort on my part in order to provide that for for you all. So anyway, beautiful day here in Chicago. It uh, looks to be about 70 degrees is going to be high today and a little cloudy outside, but it looks nice and, and I'm looking forward to getting outside maybe today, moving around. I had a nice out day out yesterday. I went actually downtown to, it's what we have, it's every fall or every summer, I guess I should say, is uh, an event called Taste of Chicago, which takes place every year about this time. And I actually didn't go down there for the Taste of Chicago itself. Because quite quite honestly, folks, Taste of Chicago is really nothing special. I think at one point back in the old days, it used to be special. But over the last couple of years, well, you know, not so much. And it's become a very low-brow sort of event now. And it used to be that you'd get all the finest restaurants in town and you buy these strips of tickets. And it cost, I think, $8 a strip. for You get uh, t- 10 tickets for $8. So they're, so they're 80 cents each, basically. And then you buy stuff from all the vendors. Now, the vendors tend to be different local restaurants, but a lot of, you know, a lot of, it's just a lot of pizza and stuff now. You know, it's not any really good stuff these days. It's more the, you know, fast food. I'm surprised McDonald's wasn't there. Well, they are there, actually, but it's not, it's not the same. It's not like going to a McDonald's. But, um, and this is all sponsored by Dominic's, who's one of the local grocery store chains here. And uh, so, but it's just not worth it, really. So I didn't go down there for the the Taste of Chicago itself. But I did go down there for was a geocaching meetup. And it's what you call an event cache. I, and I don't, it's my first one. So hooray, you know, it's, uh, I had not logged an event cache before yesterday. But now it is a, a big gathering of geocaching type people, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, I had a nice time meeting all of the local uh, you know, glitterati of the geocaching community, and it, and it was a great time. So I, I really, really enjoyed it. So that is kind of what I did yesterday after a very, very stressful week of you know, getting my computer in order. Finally got things back in order around you know, Wednesday night. You know, Thursday morning, Wednesday. It was really kind of late Wednesday night that we finally got things. And I tell you, it's been frustrating because I really haven't done much job hunting while I've been dealing with all this computer stuff. And so it really has been kind of quite the experience. Anyway, if you want to call the show, you can do. The number is 020-3287-1488. That is a local London number. And you can call from anywhere in the United Kingdom, and it will cost you as though you are calling London. You can also Skype in, which is United Kingdom Radio. So um, people have been asking me, what's up with United Kingdom Radio? And my answer to them, quite honestly at this point, is who knows? 
<laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. I think Lee Mills has some clue of what's going on, but he has not been very forthcoming as far as uh, letting us know, uh, those of us who actually should turn up for our shows and do our shows, uh, really don't know what's going on. So uh, it's kind of, I'm going to refer all of these questions to Lee Mills, but I will tell you that you know if nothing happens soon, then he may find himself without any hosts, and, and I don't want it to come to that. But that, that kind of is where we're at right now. We just kind of don't know what's going on. Now, I will tell you right now, folks, I have made a decision regarding the future of this show if United Kingdom Radio ceases to be. And I, I hope that that doesn't happen, but if it does, that I, this show will be returning back to its roots and I will continue on doing Tom Harris USA. It'll be a pre-recorded half-hour-long show weekly, uh, just as it has been, probably being posted on Wednesdays like I was doing before. I've also got Radio Free Asgard, which is posted on Thursdays. But typically the Radio Free Asgard show I have done by a Monday or Tuesday of that week. So you know, it's, it's not something that I, uh, I usually have the, the, the Thor shows done in advance of the day that they're posted. So that's kind of what's going on as far as I know. And, and it'll be up to Lee to kind of keep people in the loop. But that's kind of where I, I am right now. I really honestly don't know what's going on. Okay, so I have a couple of emails here to read. And uh, I have two emails, both of which regarding the last show, which was a couple of weeks ago. This is not a travel show, folks. That'll be next week. Uh, so... Uh, I'm going to go just go ahead and talk more about general type of stuff, and if people want to call in, they're more than welcome to do so. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and, and talk here about uh, these emails. Now, I got two. One of them is from Scott, who we're going to be hearing from later in the program, uh, because I've been trying to catch up on my correspondence with Scott. And while I've been looking through these voice files that he's been sending me, I found some old show comments. So we're going to be playing out one of those a little bit later in the show. And it's from a long time ago, folks. It's from a very long time ago. But it's still relevant. you know. And a lot of this stuff is still relevant. Even the shows that I did, like, three years ago, I think those shows are still relevant today. So I'm going to keep, keep doing them. Okay, so uh, first email is from Scott, who lives in New Hampshire. And it says, hello, Tom. I enjoyed listening to your latest podcast. You gave a travelogue of your two-week trip. You talked about keeping in touch with friends from the past and how you did not like to drop friends. Yeah, I, I really do feel that way. I think I'm the same way. We are cut from the same cloth. Well, I hope that you're cut from a good cloth. <laughs> only the best for me uh, I like how you drive and see so much I wish I could drive long distances I would love to go visit the town of Franklin, Pennsylvania where I lived from first grade to grade five I would also like to drive around Connecticut and New York to visit friends and family my problem is that I tend to fall asleep driving on long drives well there's no long drives in Connecticut I mean seriously I mean Connecticut you can drive across in 20 minutes right or half an hour or something. I don't know. It's a small state. Uh, my problem is that I tend to fall asleep driving on long drives. Energy drinks have been a great help with this, and maybe now I might attempt a trip and use some vacation time. Might try a short excursion just to see how well it works with energy drinks to ensure that I stay alert, and a GPS to assure I get where I want to go. Best regards from Scott Mitchell. Well, thanks, Scott, first of all, for uh, 
bothering to email because you know people don't. I haven't gotten very many mails lately. But um, what you know, the thing about this trip now, I can remember. This is going back uh, a lot of years now. When I was living in Fort Myers, Florida, I was living down there. And every three weeks, I would take a little road trip up to the Clearwater area to see my friend Steve, who we'll be actually be hearing from. He sent an email, too. Um, and I would get my comics, usually you know, a month's worth of comics at a time, pretty big stack of comics. Um, and then I would drive back. And it's about you know, an hour and a half to two-hour drive each way. Uh, sometimes three hours, really kind of depend depending on traffic. And the thing about that trip is, you know, going up there, no problem. You know, it was never never any issue driving up. Coming back, having had my lunch, having been out all day, I would get so tired behind the wheel that there were times when I had to pull off the road because I thought I was going to fall asleep at the wheel. But, you know, it's funny because that doesn't happen to me anymore. Maybe part of that is that I don't live in Florida anymore. It's not always hot anymore. You know, it's uh, it's a more varied sort of scenery. You know, down there, you, you drive down I-75 in, in southwest Florida, and it, it's boring. It's the most boring highway in the world. That's one of the reasons I don't like expressways. I take the back roads because the back roads, even in the boring parts of the country, the back roads are much, much more interesting than driving on the expressways. I see somebody's trying to call in. If you guys hold off uh, just for a, a moment, folks, and I'll um, I'll answer the phone then, or I'll call you back. Just uh, yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where I am, and I'm driving down uh, the the back roads, and that makes things a lot more interesting. I find now you don't travel as fast; it takes you longer to get places, but. Your scenery is more varied. And the thing about this big road trip that I just took across the country is that I was getting out of the car frequently. And that kept me awake, too. I never, ever felt as though I was going to fall asleep at the wheel. Never. And that whole road. And there were a couple of days when I went 500 miles. You know, I, I actually had good, long driving days on a couple of those days. But I never felt tired because I was getting out of the car every 20 minutes to a half an hour looking for geocaches. So maybe, Scott, maybe the answer is you've got to take up geocaching. Maybe that's what you need to do. Uh, and that'll get you out of the car and moving around, and then you won't be tired anymore. So that's kind of that's my suggestion anyway. All right, so my next email is from the aforementioned Steve. Steve Bergstrom from Clearwater, Florida. He says, hi, Tom. It's Steve from Florida. I knew that when I got the email. Thanks for including me in your travelogue. It was really nice that my name is now being heard around the world. Well, at least in the UK. No, it's around the world. I decided to go back to the beginning of your podcast. He's talking about the Tom Harris USA stuff. But the archive only seems to go back to 11. Is there another place for 1 through 10? Best in all kinds of other stuff. Ooh, that sounds interesting. From Steve. P.S. Old, you must now, of course, die. <laughs> so that was from Steve Bergster in Florida. Now, just making sure that his name is heard even further around the world. That's Steve Bergstrom, B-E-R-G-S-T-R-O-M, from Clearwater, Florida. Your name is famous now, Steve Bergstrom. You are heard all around the world here on United Kingdom Radio, and we love it. 
or in the words of Chris Reardon. I love it. All right. So uh, <laughs> I had such a nice time visiting with Steve. I, I really missed him. Um, but, okay, so the answer to your question, Steve, and I know I've already replied to you over Podbean about this, but, okay, the first three episodes of Tom Harris USA are not available online. I have them in my archive, but I don't actually put them on the website, and it's because they were the first three episodes I did, and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think the quality is there. I was just starting to, to do it. I was just starting to get into the swing of it. And so to be quite honest, I, I just can't be bothered. I just, you know, I don't want to reload those. But however, episodes four through 10 are now back online. Now they're not in sequential order because what happened was I got to a point with, with Podbean where I ran out of storage space and I had to delete old shows. And kind of as a result of that process, decided to upgrade my account so that I actually had archive space and storage space. Now, you know, interestingly enough, I'm about to downgrade again. I'm about to take that down because I'm not posting as many shows as I used to. You know, I used to post uh, two shows a week on average, and then whatever bonus stuff, you know, the the um, you know, Plain Dudes Radio or anything like that that I would post on there. And I decided pretty early on with this uh, Radio Free Asgard show that I wasn't going to share the account that if people wanted to hear the show, they could go over to that Podbean account or they could go over to the Radio Free Asgard website, which is RadioFreeAsgard.com, and they can download the shows from there. And the reason why is because I thought that it was too too great of a difference between the type of show that I was doing. You Because know, on this show, I tend to try to cover more topics of general interest. And over on that show... I tried it. It's it's a more specific type of show. It really is comic related and mythology related, and so that is going to be you know completely different audience. And I think that there is a completely different audience for that show. I know there's a few people who listen to both of my shows, and for you, I'm deeply grateful, folks. And spread the word if you like the other show. But at the same time, they're very different shows, and the only similarity between them is that it's me doing it. So uh, that's kind of why I keep it separate. So that is where they are. Like I said, episodes 4 through 10 are actually up, but they're not in sequence. They're actually mixed in with the other newer shows uh, from when I re-uploaded them. Some of them have a little bit of additional material, and some of them don't. So that is kind of where I'm coming from there. Um, Now let's move on. I'm going to go ahead and do, you know, I don't know what happened there. Just kind of weird noise. Maybe it was the mixer. Okay, uh, yeah, I guess it was the mixer. All right, uh, sorry about that, folks. Um, now, the gentleman who tried to call earlier, ca- uh, try calling back. Oh, let me see if I can find him. Um, I don't... Did he log off? He must have logged off. Oh, well. All right, sorry, sorry about that, folks. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and move along and go on to Today in History. All right, so today, June 25th in history, we have... June 25th of 1096, the First Crusade slaughtered the Jews of Verlingenhofen, Germany. Yep, the First Crusade. And 
1178, five Canterbury monks reported something exploding on the moon. Yeah, I, I recently read something about this, and this is really, really interesting because that was the only time when a major, exp- you know, major strike on the moon was actually observed from the Earth. And that would have been way cool to see. Anyway, 1638, the lunar eclipse was the first astronomical event recorded in the United States. 1638. In 1667, Dr. Jean-Baptiste Denis, a French doctor, performed the first blood transfusion. In 1867, Lucien B. Smith of Ohio patented the first form of barbed wire. In 1868, Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, North and South Carolina were readmitted to the United States following the United States Civil War. Also on this day in 1868, President Andrew Johnson passed a law that government workers would work an eight-hour day. In 1870, Richard Wagner's opera Die Valkyrie is produced in Munich. In 1876, George Custer and the 7th Cavalry were wiped out by the Sioux and the Cheyenne at the Battle of Little Bighorn. Yeah, that's a major event here. In 1929, President Herbert Hoover of the United States authorized the building of Boulder Dam. Uh, This was later renamed Hoover Dam. In 1941, Finland declared war on the Soviet Union. I think this is the... Was this the Winter War? No. I guess this was during World War II. Uh, In 1947... Tennis shoes were introduced. That's a lot more recent than you would think, wouldn't it be? I mean, tennis has kind of existed longer than that, hasn't it? In 1962, landmark decision as far as I'm concerned, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that New York forced Christian school prayer was unconstitutional. That's something that the the, uh, religious right has been fighting against ever since. Uh, In 1991... Slovenia and Croatia declared their independence from the former Yugoslavia. All right, so moving on to famous birthdays on June 25th. We have, in 1852, Antonio Gaudi, the Spanish architect, was born. A lot of his buildings up in uh, Barcelona. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful buildings that he designed back then. And uh, I believe he was killed by a a streetcar, if if I'm remembering rightly. In 1900, Lord Louis Mountbatten uh, was a... uh, the, the last Viceroy of India. Uh, he was uh, a rel- relative of uh, Prince Philip, and uh, he was uh, he had all sorts of titles. Anyway, I uh, was born in 1900. Uh, later, I think he was killed in 1979 by an IRA bomb planted aboard his yacht. In 1903, George Orwell was born. A British writer wrote Animal Farm. 1984 was born Eric A. Blair in 1903. In 1925, TV's mom, June Lockhart, was born. Uh, She played the mother on Lassie, Lost in Space, and was also a character on Petticoat Junction. In 1945, singer Carly Simon was born. 1949, Jimmy Walker, a comedian, was born in Bronx, New York. He was known mainly for playing the part of J.J. on the 1970s TV series Good Times. And his signature phrase is Dynamite. 1963, George Panos was born. Uh, he is better known as George Michael. 
1963 also, Mike Myers was born, a comedian uh, born in Canada. That's one for, for Ian Duff there. Uh, <laughs> otherwise known for Saturday Night Live and Wayne's World as either today or June tw- uh, May 25th. Who knows? Uh, in 1967, foul-mouthed comedian Matt LeBlanc was born in Newton, Massachusetts. And that is today in history. All right, we have a comment coming here on Skype here from, uh, where is that? Oh, from, from James here. James is saying, hi, Tom. Everyone has to start somewhere with internet podcasting, etc. And I hope that United Kingdom Radio is still around for people interested in learning about broadcasting radio. I'm glad that you got your computer troubles sorted out now. I'm afraid the older computers get, the more that goes wrong with them. And there are so many different types of computers and computer packages out there that it seems a struggle to keep up with the right technology and choose the right computer. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I am gonna. I am going to uh, uh, you know, start shopping. I think, uh, but the thing was, is that I wanted to to not buy a new computer for a while. That I want to get another year or two out of this one, and part of the reason for that is that you know there are things coming up that I want to actually be able to run. And the longer you wait, obviously, the better the computer you're going to get because of the way the the progress is going now where you have bigger hard drives, bigger memory, you have a faster computer, you have you know, more efficient uh, operating systems and, and so forth like that. And you know this computer now, being 10 years old, and it started out now, <laughs> don't laugh, folks, it started out running Windows Me, Windows Millennium Edition, which is probably one of the, the crappier versions of Windows. I think Windows 98 might have been worse, but... Uh, it, and it was not not a great uh, operating system. And then what happened was uh, a couple of years later, my uncle gave me a copy of Windows XP, and that's what it's been running ever since. Now, uh, yeah, the, of course, obviously, the advantage the advantages of Windows is that it'll run anything. It'll run most most anything, I should say, anything that anyone would really want to run, as opposed to something like a Mac, which you know it's going to run. Like a spreadsheet, <laughs> it's not, it's not. They don't have the the wealth of software available that they do for Windows. Now, the obvious problem with with Windows is that when you have the biggest target, you're gonna be targeted. So a lot of people write viruses and malware and stuff like that for Windows, whereas you know people, you know those things do exist for other operating systems, but they're not as big of a target. And so that's kind of where that, you know, and of course, you know, people like to talk about the blue screen of death. And I'll tell you something, folks, I've seen the blue screen of death exactly once on this computer in 10 years. So, the, you know, that, you know, that, that's not even a factor anymore. That was kind of a factor back in the old uh, Windows 95 days. But, uh, uh, all right, so I just wanted to, okay, I'm just checking, I'm just checking the level start. That that person who tried calling earlier still hasn't logged back on, so I guess uh, they're not going to come back. All right, so that's that's all right. So uh, in the news, uh, interestingly enough, now this is this happened yesterday, that the state of New York has now made gay marriage legal. So they're the fifth, is it the fifth U.S. sixth U.S. state to legalize gay marriage. So good for New York. Um, as I've often said on this show, I don't really have a horse in that race. I really don't have any intention of getting married again. But, you know, 
if I do, it's good to know that I have New York as an option. You know, and you have New York, New York, and uh, Vermont, and Massachusetts, and Iowa, and I forget where else. <laughs> Which shows that shows just how much I'm paying attention to the story. <laughs> anyway. Um, so good for them. Good for New York. I, I think that, that you know, we need that to, to be pushed everywhere. And, you know, the social conservatives will cry foul. Who cares what they think? You know, I really don't care what they think because they're fighting a battle that's already been lost. And they, you know, they've been fighting this battle since the 70s. And they're just in denial. They, they don't realize, you know, the, that pendulum has swung. And it's not swinging back their way. Now, now the, uh, the pendulum is no longer swinging between, you know, whether or not to legalize gay marriage or not. The pendulum is swinging between how soon we're going to legalize gay marriage. So I'm really, really pleased about that. Um, all right. So I'm going to go ahead. I have a, a comment here. And this is from our friend Scott Mitchell. And I'm going to go ahead and play this. And then I will have some comments after the clip. So without further ado, here's Scott. Okay, Tom, um, I'm listening to your podcast, 101, talking about the jury duty experience. I did hear from you on this that you were hoping that you would get to be on a jury, an actual jury someday. And I do too. But unlike yourself, I've never even gotten as far as being called. You said you've been called three times. I can't tell you how envious I am of people that have at least been called. I can't say never been called, but never really been called. What do I mean by that? Well, up until the last, I'm trying to think if it was a couple of years ago or what, I think it was a couple of years ago, um, two or three years ago, it's within the last three years, I had never in my entire life been called for jury duty, and I couldn't understand why. Everybody I knew had had a chance at it. Some had actually made it onto a jury. One guy made it onto a grand jury. Several people made it onto regular juries. The grand jury is, of course, what happens before the court case. It's to decide whether or not they're going to indict you to adjudicate in the first place. But I got none of that. I never even got called, and I was just so envious. And I always heard about people who have tried to always get out of it. Now, I'm not sure exactly why. I think a lot of people think it's, you know... They don't want to do it. It's boring. They don't see any interest in it. It's a waste of a day. They don't get paid much for it. A million reasons. None of which were mine. I would find it interesting no matter what. I would get paid. My uh, union requires it. And also before this at my job at Raytheon, they were very civic. Then they would f pay you your full pay for the day out. So I was always really hoping that I would get asked to go to jury duty and it would be a day doing something entirely different and still getting my full pay for it unlike that $17 that you received. So I am assuming, well, yeah, I, I know it's not the case that you would get paid because you're contracting, you're part-time. They would have no reason to. But I wonder if you were full-time, if they would have, you know, in your previous position, paid for your day in full. I think most civic-minded businesses agree to do that. Um, but they don't have to. Um, now, you know, one of the questions I had as I went across is I got to thinking about where I'm at now and what would happen if I was called for jury duty today 
where my boss can barely even bear the idea of being without me. Has there ever been a case where somebody was in a job, said they had to do jury duty, and the employer said, if you go to jury duty, you're fired. Would that even be legal? You know, would uh, if you were fired because you went to jury duty, you know, could w is there a law out there that would say, well, you you can't do that, you know, Mr. Employer, you're you're you have to take them back. It's illegal for you to fire somebody because they had to go to jury jury duty, and and maybe that actually is the case. I'm not sure, but maybe you know a little more about it than I do. Um, and can people get out of a job because they're going to be fired or they're you know their employer is threatening that or their employer actually is in a position realistically where if that person is out of the job that horrible things will happen and that in fact is the case with my job it's uh, not one of these jobs you can just you know get done and catch up on later it's real time it's television if somebody doesn't push the button mount the tape or whatever the the station goes into black so there has to be somebody there and what if they don't have somebody to arrange to go in and do that ahead of time? Because they do know ahead of time it's not a last-minute thing. So what if they're so poorly staffed that, you, that nobody else can do it? What if you're the only one that can do that job? And there's a lot of jobs that might be like that. I have to wonder, could you, get, you know, would they give you uh, an out if you said, I, I can't go to jury duty, my job requires me? Uh, or would they in most cases say, nope, too bad, it's no excuse. You, uh... You either have to um, report or we arrest you. And so then you're stuck with the idea, in some cases, of get arrested or get fired. <laughs> what would you choose? Um, any case, um, back to my story. I wasn't called for years, and then I was. I got the stuff in the mail. I, I, you know the whole routine. I went through it. But to make a long story short, I was starting to really get thrilled. I was, oh boy, I'm going to get to go to a court case. And about... Um, it took a couple of weeks, but before I was to report for my first um, day of jury duty, there was a letter sent out to me and apparently everybody else that was called for jury duty, and it said there's been a computer error, and the computer chose a bunch of people that it should not have chosen. And that invalidates the computer choice, so you are dismissed. Uh... Ever, all the names are going back into the pool. You'll still be being chosen from by the computer, but you are no longer required to report. And so I never even had to report. It all died on the vine, withered on the vine, so they say. And you can't imagine how disappointed I was. I actually thought I was going to get a chance to at least start the procedure and get dismissed or something along the way, like a lot of people do, but I didn't even get that far. So that's my story. And it was due to a computer error. All right. Well, that was Scott there talking a little bit about jury duty. Yeah, con consider that the uh, that episode of of Tom Harris USA was posted got about a year ago, and you can get some idea of how far behind I am on my correspondence. Uh, so, no. So to answer your question, Scott, um, I know that the rules vary from state to state here in the states. I don't know what how how it works in the UK. Now, if anybody who knows this. Uh, who's over in the UK or maybe Ian in Canada? You know, let me know. Let me know how this works. Send me a, a message over on Skype or something to let me know how that works there. But I will tell you that my experience only extends to the three states that I've lived in since I've been an adult. 
and those states were Florida, Ohio, and Illinois. Now, in all three of those states, you cannot be fired for going to jury duty. That is the law in all three of those states. Now, there is no law that requires that you be paid for that time. And in fact, I think that I only one of my jobs actually paid me for going to jury duty. The, the, the last one did not. I had to take a, a vacation day. Uh, if I wanted to be paid for it, and I, and I chose not to take that vacation day at the time, but they, of course, you know, they, they can't stop you because because really you have a choice. Uh, if you ignore a jury summons, you could be held in contempt of court, and I don't know that they arrest you, but you will certainly be fined. So, you know, but the, here's the deal: is that even if you're not going to be paid. Or if you know if your employer says, "Well, we can't pay you for that," and you really, really need the money, you do have an out. Now there is such a thing as a hardship claim, and what you do is you cut, you because know, they contact you for jury duty like a month in advance. It's not like they give you a few days to decide. You know, um, you know they send you a letter weeks in advance, and you can contact the court and say, "Okay, well, my employer won't let me take this day off with, with pay." And I can't afford not to, and it will create a financial hardship for my family if I do take this day off of work. So can I be excused? Now, in all of the states that I've ever lived in, that is considered a reasonable grounds for not having to serve on a jury. And they, you know, the, the judge or whoever will issue you an exception and say, okay, well, you don't have to come in, you're excused. But I've heard of, of you know, some jerky employers that, that don't want to pay people for jury duty. I've heard of that. And it's, it's unfortunate because I, I really, you know, I kind of with, with uh, Scott here, you know, I would love to be picked for a jury someday. You know, I've, I've gone three times, but they have not picked me for a jury any of those times. You know, and, you know, I got called into a courtroom twice, and the other time they just said, okay, well, you know, if you're in section whatever, they, they divide you up. Uh, they say, well, you know, just go away. You know, you're excused. You know, we're not going to call you in. And I think the idea is that they need to have as many jurors on hand as possible for the court docket that day. So they'll know in advance, okay, well, we have 10 cases today. We need nine jurors or 12 jurors for, for each, yeah, for each case. So they call, you know, that would be what you know, it's like just over 100 like 110 people or 112 people that they would need for the day. So instead, they call 200 because they want to make absolutely sure that they have enough people. If there's too many hardship you know, claims or whatever, they, they want to have. So there's always people who get let go you know, before, before anybody gets called in. And I've been uh, you know, lucky enough twice to get called in, but not to uh, sit on jury. But, you know, again... You know, that's just kind of the way it works here in Illinois. Now, here in Illinois, they can't call you more than once a year. So if, you're, if you get called, they have to wait an entire year before they call you again. I'm not quite sure how that works in other places, but you never know. Um, so if anybody else knows, uh, feel free to contact the show once again. If you want to email the show, you can do. The email address is tom at tomharrisusa.com. Or you can you know, send Skype chat or a call in or whatever you like. Be more than happy to hear from people. So uh, that is sort of that, that topic. And I have a couple 
of these other comments here that, that Scott has sent that I will be playing out in future programs. Now, next week will be a travel show. Yes, I know I've been promising it for a month now. Um, I'm going to be talking about Ireland next next week, so that that ought to be fun, and about my my 2003 trip to Ireland and Northern Ireland, and um, hopefully that will be interesting. So that is what is, I have on the agenda for next week. So I do wanted to uh, to talk just for a few minutes about a couple of things. Now, uh, this is also something that Scott brought up. If you guys remember, a few weeks ago. I think probably now a couple months ago, I did a show and I was talking about how various radio and television personalities fear monger. I was talking about Glenn Beck. I was talking about Alex Jones. I was talking about, you know, they, they, they make a career out of making people scared, about making people paranoid. And they use that suggestible frame of mind that they create to plug products, to, to, to get people to buy stuff. Uh, you know, my, uh, my boyfriend's parents, they buy thousands of dollars in dehydrated food, emergency supplies, because of the, you know, the, when the scary brown people take over, you know, they're gonna, you're going to need that. That's kind of the mindset that, that they've been put into. And they, they don't keep in mind, you know, they, they don't even probably even think about the fact that these products have a shelf life. They're not good forever. It's not like K-rations that you can, you know, t- you know, 15 years from now still be able to eat. A lot of these freeze-dried foods and stuff, they're only good for a few months. They're not, you know, so if you buy a whole bunch of them, they're going to go bad, you know, before you can eat them, if that's really what they are as emergency supplies. You're better off stocking canned food than, than you are this dehydrated stuff. But that's the stuff that the fearmongers like to sell. And um, Scott brought up something that, you know, I'm really kind of talking here about, about the right-wingers. And that, he, that his suggestion is maybe I'm giving the left-wing a pass here. And, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine addressing that. I'm okay with that. Now, here's the thing. I don't know of any left-wingers who do that. And if anybody knows, if there are, that they should let me know. You know, email me if I'm wrong. But I don't see people on the left doing this. It's always the conspiracy theorists or the survivalists or the, you know, the right-wing talk show hosts like Glenn Beck doing it. I don't see any, anybody on the left really doing this. Now, the left fear mongers in different ways. They, they talk about GM-modified foods. They talk about you know, uh, carbon credits, which I, you know, I've, I've already talked about that being a scam on this show. But they're not trying to sell you stuff. They're not saying, stock up your gold, stock up your guns, stock up food. You know, they don't do that. It's a it's a different type of fear mongering, I guess. But they don't have this commercial aspect to it. I think that you, you when you talk about politics, you talk about you know the the people who are out to control you. I mean, it's one thing to you know to push this point of view and say, okay, this is a serious problem, and it's another thing to try to sell you stuff. 
So, so, so it's like, well, the world is, is going to hell in a handbasket, so you need to buy this food from us, or you need to buy this gold from us, or you need to buy this from us, or that from us. I don't see a lot of that coming from the left. In fact, I don't see any of that coming from the left. And if anybody knows of a major figure on the left who does this, let me know. I'm more than happy to talk about this. We have a call coming in here. Hello, Hello Patrick. Hello, Tom. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Thank you. Yeah, I was just interested in what you're talking about at the moment. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know whether you do identify conspiracy theorists as left or right. I just think they're crazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think of the conspiracy theorists as being left or right. Um, it, it depends, though, because you have a certain... Okay, you have, for example, you know who Alex Jones is, right? Yeah. Okay. Alex Jones started out kind of fear-mongering Y2K. This guy, he's a right-winger. But not all conspiracy theorists would be. Because you get, you get some that are just, they're just conspiracy theorists for the sake of being conspiracy theorists. Yeah. And they're, yeah, right. I, I think they're apolitical because they sort of don't trust anybody. I think so. They don't even trust the people within their own organization. Yeah. <laughs> well, in inverted commas. Well, sure, yeah. And I think we both know somebody who falls into that category, don't we? <laughs> What's well, funny, you know, you know, and I don't like to, to bang on too much about them, but they don't even agree with each other. No, you've seen that classically um, around Osama bin Laden, didn't you, and what happened? Yeah. I think you described it in your podcast. Yeah, I talked about it on the show, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. some people thought he was been dead for 10 years and kept in a freezer. Why? Who yes. knows? Yeah, why would they do that? I don't get that. It's like, it's like why bother? You know, why not make him a martyr 10 years ago? You know when it could have done more good. Exactly. Yeah, I don't get it. I, yeah. So, but really, the, the, what I'm, you know, and of course, people are allowed to believe whatever they want. I don't care if they believe that, you know, the Queen Mother ate little black children. You know, yeah. I. It's just that you know they 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 kind of spread this stuff around and they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Usually, their source is some guy off the internet. Right. Some know, anonymous source. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a randomized control trial or anything like right, that. Exactly. You know? Well, you have you know you have your your David Ike and you have you know your Alex Jones and uh, Art. You're, did you do you remember Art Bell? No, I don't. But I do know the others that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Art Bell was a uh, he was a guy who he predated Alex Jones. Um, he, he's actually he was he was around for years and years and years. Now he wasn't a conspiracy theorist as such. But what he did, he ran a show that was uh, a syndicated radio show here in the States, and it was on from like midnight to 4 a.m. It was yeah, on in the middle of the night. And he loved talking about UFOs and Bigfoot and you know, the Chupacabra and, and, and all this other stuff. But he would let anybody on his show. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter how crazy their views were. It didn't matter what they were talking about. He would have anybody on his show, and he would just sort of agree with them without, with whatever they said. And okay. so that could obviously that could be very entertaining when you, when you have people who believe that you know the Earth is shaped like a frisbee or, or whatever, uh, and, and they have their uh, uh, whatever quote unquote evidence that they have to uh, to support that. Uh, funny, funny stuff. But unfortunately, I think he retired and some other guy took over for him now. Uh, it's, not, it's not the same. 
Yeah, well, you know, that's more entertainment, isn't it, really? But some of these people take it really serious. And there is, um, you know, there is in everything, there's probably some element of truth. You know, we are getting, you know, there's much more surveillance as there used to be. You know, look at the airport, for example. You know, there are issues with people being tracked on mobile phones. I've got no doubt about that. But again, it's capitalism. You know, yeah. it comes down to being able to sell people things as well, you know. Part of it's that, yeah. And you, you, we have to be vigilant, you know. And, and this is, I actually had this discussion with Sizemore on a show a long time ago. He actually called up my show. Um, and we talked about this because the media is complicit in this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, and you have to keep an eye on the media, and you have to hold the media accountable for stuff. Part of the problem that we have, in it, and we have that especially here in the states, is we have this idea of freedom of the press, and so you know you have to kind of let everybody have their say. And it doesn't matter whether or not they're actually talking sense or not. <laughs> they talk, they just complete rubbish, you know. And and they, they, you know, our constitution actually says that that they have that right to to talk rubbish if they want to. But I think that it's you know, we're abdicating our own responsibility if we don't point this out and say, yeah, but what are they saying? You know, this is ridiculous. You know, we have that right to speak out as well. Now, what I don't agree with when you start getting you know, a surveillance state. And I know that the, the UK has become, in a lot of ways, a surveillance state. I think uh, we do, Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just uh, listening. Um, here, in the, here in the US, you know, there, it's too big of a country to do that. You can't have closed circuit cameras on every street corner here because we're just, there's just too much of America to do that. And you also have a lot, you know, 95% of or whatever of America being rural. You know, it's not, it's just not feasible here. But, you know, you have the, you know, it's like unwarranted wiretapping, you know, you have stuff like that. And this, these are things that we should be concerned about. But I don't see in that any kind of big conspiracy. I see that as, as an overreaching of power. Yeah, I totally agree with yeah. you. Now, I don't think and, necessarily yeah. that, it, that that they're doing it because they're lizard people and they want to enslave the earth's populace. <laughs> but but I do think that you know these are real issues and they're issues that we should be concerned about without attaching some kind of fantasy element to it. Well, I had a friend many, many years ago um, who was really into computers. You would call him a geek, <laughs> you know, nowadays. Um, I, I but can't, it was before I can't talk. all of the um, sort of information technology kicked off in a big way, you know, and he was saying that data will become more and more important, you know, and you've seen it, like, even in court cases now, just to bring it around to an earlier topic, mm-hmm. you know, how people's hardware or hard drives are being checked and yep. things like this to incriminate people, whereas before you wouldn't have necessarily had that sort of evidence to hand on people, you right, know, right. whereas now you can triangulate a lot of information about someone just from what's on their hard drive. Right. It, it, I guess I suppose it depends on the crime, too. I mean, if somebody is doing, uh, if somebody is... You know, distributing child pornography or something, then mm-hmm. you can you can totally understand why somebody would seize their computer, and and I that happens all the time with with crime. Now you see the police carrying computers out of the house, you know, mm-hmm. um, and like recently with Palin, um, and apparently like they went in and checked her computer without her permission huh. um, at one stage. Who who is this? Um, you know, um, what do you call her? What's her first name? Palin, the lady who ran for president? Or 
Oh, oh, oh that was okay. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, they've uh, distributed right. all her emails. Sarah Palin. Yeah. Sarah Palin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was yeah, and that's that's also you also have people who, you know, that wasn't like the government that did that though. <laughs> I mean, that was, was that freedom was of information or something. Was some it? hacker uh, who you know who hacked into her email and and there was that and then and then. But here's the thing about Sarah Palin. Okay, she was an elected servant of the you know of the people. She was the elected governor of Alaska, so all of the emails that were sent from her computer are the property of the state of Alaska, and therefore they are the property of the people. They're not her private emails. These were okay. these were emails that she was sending as the governor in her capacity as governor. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different because. Because that's all stuff that needs to be preserved by law. And I can remember, oh gosh, it must have been, it must have been over a year ago now, um, that people were trying to get these emails and she would not release them. Mm-hmm. So once they were finally able to get them, you know, then then it made the news in a big way. But but like I said, you know, that's not her personal email. That that's actually stuff that she wrote from her governor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. But I'm, I'd imagine some personal emails were involved in that too. People who sent to the wrong address. I probably guess. so. Yeah. Probably. Um, and uh, you're, yeah, you're really not hearing about that stuff, are you? <laughs> it's like uh, pick up milk on the way home. You know? Yeah. You, you're not. You don't hear about that stuff. But the pr- yeah, of course, then you have the you know in that case you've got all these emails released. It was, was it like. Uh, how many how many hundreds of pages of emails were there? Oh yeah, it was so many. Was I don't know. Huge, like it was massive. The amount, huge, was thousands huge and thousands of emails. And she didn't even serve a full term. Mm. Can you imagine somebody who'd been uh, been governor for you know three terms or or more? And the amount amount of email. You're talking about you know so many things that can go wrong you can mm. you know computers can crash or you know backups can fail or whatever and and you don't have them and we had we had a problem with that with uh uh president clinton uh there there was a i guess uh, there was some problem with a, one of the backups being wiped so so those those mails are no longer available and it right. became a, a some people tried to turn it into a scandal yeah, um, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah some, some hiding evidence. Say, hey, he destroyed it. Yeah, but but you know they find out. Well, it's just it was just this uh, the backup failed, mm-hmm. and what do you do? Although there's lots of stuff happening, especially in England, and recently um, someone lost, or either they lost or the laptop was stolen um, with a lot of patient records on it. And no Sony have been in the news oh, about yeah, um, yeah. people hacking information. So you know. I do feel more afraid to kind of, like online, I would never go to somewhere where I felt, you know, especially for buying something that I felt that didn't have good security. But again, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you can have a lot of these uh, places where you buy stuff online, they'll have a uh, a certificate, you know, say, well, this is secure. But mm. you just kind of have their word for it that it's secure. And yeah, you can you can always have these people who plant Trojans, yeah, and this actually happened to me. This uh, when I I bought something online, I bought a membership on on uh, geocaching dot com actually, and mm-hmm. and I actually bought something from the site, and that actually was a a Trojan. Wow! Uh, and yeah, it redirected me to a different site that wasn't actually affiliated with with the site I was buying from. They got my credit card number, 
and they started buying all memberships to all these porn sites, which I would never go to. Uh, I mean, I mean, I can understand me going to porn sites, but not these porn sites, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so that, thankfully, you know, the credit card companies are aware of this now, and and you know, it's like, wait a minute, I don't recognize these charges, and they look into it and they say, okay, well, you obviously don't live in Austin, Texas. And your name isn't Mary, so <laughs> we, you, you don't actually have to pay for it. But and did you get all your money? back? I got all or? my money back. Oh, yeah, good. yeah, that's the but that's the that's the agreement that I have with the uh, the bank that that issued my card. So um, I didn't have to I didn't have to pay for any of it. But uh, it's good. Yeah, good stuff. I have a message coming in here. Oh no, I don't. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> it's a personal message. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. James is saying, uh, jury service is a funny old business. You can always get called or not in all your life. But I don't know if you get this where you are, but you get travel expenses. No, we don't get that here. But it's not great. You don't get any money for the amount of working hours you lost if you work. I can see why people go for jury service. As for scaremongering, selling something over here would get a good interest from the powers that be. But by all means, if the likes of Alex Jones want to have their say, let him. Because if you've got any sense, you take what he says serious. Wait, if you've got any sense, you don't take what he says seriously. <laughs> I'm not sure is what he's saying here. I'm surprised these idiots are still around, get fed up with people laughing at them. Yeah, well, I'm sure they do. This bloke you talking about that talks about big food and things sounds like a talk show host over here called James Whale. I don't know. I, I, I've listened to James Whale once where he would talk about silly things or what he hated about politicians. He got sacked for promoting the London mayor candidate. He is still doing radio, but he's not as good anymore. Shame is you got a good laugh from him. And as for CCTV, it doesn't really work as crime hasn't improved here since its introduction for crime. And didn't it start in Germany? Well, I don't know that. Do you know that? No, I don't. I know in the UK the trial that out in Liverpool and London in the sixties, so it's been around a long time. I think here here you have you have cameras set up here in Chicago on certain street corners. Mm. And these are street corners that are notorious for, you know, crime or drug activity or whatever. But by law here in the States, if you have a police camera, it has to have a flashing red light on top of it. Or flashing okay. blue light. I think it's a red light. Uh, it's, it's red or blue. I'm not sure which. So I actually have one of these right near where I live. It's just a, a couple of blocks from here where they have. But you know, all the cr- criminals know where that camera is. So what do they do? Exactly. They just move down another block. Yeah, see, we've had issues here, and I don't know whether you guys have speed cameras, but they used to be very well hidden, yep. and now because they're so difficult to run, of course they make a lot of money, but in some places where they're not catching enough people, they've um, just switched them off. Yeah, we, we do have speed cameras here, but the ones that you really see here are the cameras on stoplights. So if somebody runs a red light, it'll take a picture oh, yeah. of whoever ran yeah. the light, and we had a... My last job, we had a truck driver who worked for us. You know, he was our handyman. He would go around fixing our equipment and stuff. But he would get caught by these cameras all the time. He was always running red lights. <laughs> so you get a massive bill. All the, like, I guess it's fine if it's it goes like, to the company. It's a fine, it's a fine that goes to, to him. Um, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Not but, so good then for but, him. But we would get the mail because we own the truck. So, uh, but we would, we would actually take it out of his pay. So, but yeah, obviously that was part of his contract. Anyway, uh, I got to go. Okay. It's the end of the show. Thanks very much, Patrick, for calling in. I do appreciate that. 
And, no worries, uh, Tom. Good next, show as thank always. You. Thank you very much. And we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about Ireland. So stay tuned. Bye for now.